Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Frankie. And I'm Alex. And together we are FNA Van Life. This is the podcast where every week we bring you news from the nomadic community or interviews with other nomads so that you can know what it's really like to live life on the road. And man, well, I tell you, life on the road right now for us has been all over the place. Well, we're not even really on the road right now. Yeah, we're like kind of on the road, but not on the road because we're I in mean, Tennessee. We've never been in Tennessee, so I feel like that's kind of on the road. And we're at a road. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a road right here. And what happened was, is the vehicle that we have right now actually stopped working. Yeah, so if you're not up to date or in the Patreon group or, I don't know, did we kind of talk about it last week with our, I don't know, I don't know what we've shared and what we haven't, we're all, yeah, our we shared brains it are on jumbled. The, on the YouTube Live. We shared it on the YouTube Live, but I was wondering if we shared it on the podcast yet. No, no, I don't think so. Well, we talked about converting it camper yeah converting yeah. a classic camper but so anyways we sold our van olive which was a 2019 and we upgraded downgraded to a, to a i don't even it's a 1985 <laughs> sun raider we got a toyota sun raider so it's like a little old toyota pickup truck the four-cylinder action and uh these are great trucks great engines and we decided to make the leap and buy one and then we blew something in the engine, which we're trying to figure out right now. But the real reason why we did this, we made this move, is because we needed something temporary to like live in and make it across the country. And it would have been cheaper for us to basically buy this vehicle and make it across the country and then turn it into like a rental than it would have been to like just get a U-Haul, pack all our stuff in, and get across the country. This felt like more of an investment where just paying to ship and move stuff just felt like spending money. So we're definitely spending a lot of money right now fixing it up doing all the engine repairs remodeling the inside doing all these different projects um but we're so lucky to have a beautiful place to do it maria jose and chase from tio aventura have welcomed us into their home their parents have welcomed us as well and we're so lucky to be able to um have a safe comfy covered from the rain place to build and do all this work with some really knowledgeable and amazing people. Yeah, they have a beautiful garage for us to work in. They have the tools that we need. I've definitely had to buy a couple of things, but, you know, that's just adding to my work set tools anyway, which I'm really excited about. And, uh, yeah, Alex is not. (laughs) (laughs) Tools are so expensive. I had no idea. Yeah, but they last a lifetime. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, think about it. Think about the things that are expensive that you might buy that only last, like, a couple days. Like our engine? Like, no, because we didn't buy it. (laughs) Yeah, that only lasted a couple days. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, so basically what's happening is we're going to pull out an engine. And during that time, we were pulling out the engine. We actually pulled out the front windows and didn't realize they were warped. Went to put them back in, and they broke. So now we're in a whole heap of a construction, whatever. 
You guys are going to have to stay tuned for the updates on the YouTube and all that so that you can really see what we're dealing with. But this week's podcast is like my favorite type of podcast. This is where we get to read through some news articles and pick them apart or celebrate them. You know, some some news articles are good. Yeah, sometimes people get van life on the nose, um, but sometimes not so much. much. All right. So this first one is from escape.com.au, which means it's from Australia. Okay. Optimistic van lifer tries to flog their van on Facebook for $89,000. So for the people that don't know what flog means, because I didn't know, that means to like sell your van online. And if you're wondering, $89,000 Australian dollars is equivalent to $59,000. U.S. dollars. And this rig has uh, just over 100,000 miles on it, which is pretty young for a Sprinter van, I feel like. And so the build in it is not that crazy. Like, it's it's nice. As an outdoor shower, bed, beautiful indoor little inside. Shower. Indoor shower. So it has a little bit of everything in it there. It has, like, a full setup that you would want. I would say it's a little tight for my liking, but... Yeah, but Overall, I mean, really I think nice. that all vans that have the full shower on the inside are a little bit tight for our liking, yeah. just because we like a big, wide-open space. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, so it's interesting because basically this article is taking the piss out of this guy for um, posting this camper for $89,000. $89,000, I'm thinking uh, Australian dollars, yeah. which is like about 50-something thousand it's 60, US. It's 60000 59000 uh, but with that being said, that's not a bad price for the mileage it is. If like it was the United States, that van would be probably about $70,000. It's a Mercedes Sprinter. It mm-hmm. has all these upgrades. It's got a nice build, all of these things. And it's just funny because I guess the market in Australia is really different than the market is here. And we've actually heard that about um, Europe, too. Like if you're buying a camper van in Europe... It's much more affordable than buying a camper van in the United States. I wonder if they just have like more vans and or like the lifestyle isn't as sought after because there is an article that will be coming up that it does talk about how the amount of people has raised by 63%. Yeah, so I think van life has kind of exploded in the States and I think it has globally as well, but Definitely in the USA. And then there's also so many builders and companies that are based around building vans and like cranking the prices up. And like in the last like year or two, the prices of vans in the United States has just like skyrocketed. Yeah. And I mean, I don't love it, but you know, as somebody selling a van, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's like this is given the stake. So if you're buying a van, you might pay a little bit more than what you originally would have, you know, a few years back. Uh, but that's just the market and inflation at the moment. Well, that's why it's good to build your own van at the moment, even though things are a little bit more expensive. But so basically, they're like making fun of this guy. Like he's dreaming van with a mattress and fancy LED lights or generous house deposit. Your choice. Another commenter said people are trying their luck before the big crash comes. So basically saying that he's just trying to unload this on somebody before the whole economy collapses. I will say if the economy does collapse, the person that's in that van and if they pay it outright, then they have a place to live. If they can't afford their home, they have a free place to live. Right. You know what I mean? So if anything, they're in a better position than people that are like buying homes. And if everything crashes and they can't afford that home, guess what they do? They foreclose on that home. And then they don't they even have their, a nice van to live in. Yeah, and they and they just hurt themselves financially. They can't come back from that, you know. So it, I mean, you will come back from it eventually if you're really smart. But 
no matter what you do, it may or may not be the best decision at that time. So listen to this. Um, Van life is an aesthetic trend, closer to the tiny home movement, yet even richer, lusher, and typically sexier. Though the logical assumption is that this tiny, sexy home movement will soon be over now that people are once again able to travel overseas. Due to insane airfare prices of 2023, perhaps we shouldn't write it off just yet. Honestly, I don't think van life is going anywhere. No. The person writing this article clearly has no take on it. The New York Times did call it a fantasy lifestyle. I think we read that article. Remember that girl tried it for like three days and was like, no way anybody could do this. Yeah. So like the people that are writing these articles, once again, aren't the people that are actually living this lifestyle, even in a part-time kind of way. So they don't really understand what it takes to do this type of lifestyle and what what it really feels like to live this lifestyle. Yeah, and so, I don't know. I would take all of these articles with a grain of salt. If you're, like, thinking about van life and you read something like this, don't take it at face value. <laughs> Ask the people, listen to the podcast, listen to the people that have actually been out here doing it. Find your tribe. I think that's the biggest thing. So, also from Australia, our next article is from Make It Work Moin Shire Council. So, this is in Australia as well. And Moin Shire, <laughs> um, they have created a worker attraction program targeted at the nomadic van life workforce. So, this town specifically has a housing problem mm. uh, where they don't have enough um, people and you know, houses available for people, houses available for seasonal workers, things like that. So basically they're giving people a place to park their tiny home on wheels. It's kind of funny because the last article that we just read that was in Australia was basically talking down, not being able to live in a van, like not like you shouldn't do it. And then this one's basically saying you should, and you should come live here Mm -hmm. because we have places for you to park and let's make this community happen. Bring your van and we'll give you a job. So it says, we know workforce and housing shortages are creating issues for our local businesses, and we also know the van life and nomadic lifestyle is incredibly popular post-pandemic. The next phase of our popular summer work and play program, which was aimed at Port Ferry Tourism, um, but we have opened it to any business across the great Shire of Moyne. Ooh, very interesting. I kind of, I want to see what this place looks like. Can somebody make a video about it? Maybe we should look up a YouTube video. Like we don't have to do it at this exact moment, but I'm interested to see what like the parking situation looks like. Do they have stations to dump and to keep the area clean? Because that's the when you when you are going to make a community like this, you should definitely have the infrastructure to handle that too as well. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like this government body is excited to welcome van lifers, mm-hmm. where other people are shunning them. There was another article that I didn't pull up because I feel like we've talked about this a lot. But again, San Diego is banning van life, blah, blah, blah. So there's certain places where it's just like, we don't want van lifers. And then there's other places where it's like, please, van lifers, we need you. Come on over. Yeah. And I feel like the van lifer is fairly easy to get along with, like at least from my experience. Um, you know, once again, we do live the lifestyle, so we're probably being a little bit biased, but most of the time these people want to be like humanitarians and they want to take care of the land and they want to see things do well and they want to make sure that their garbage is thrown out and other people garbage is thrown out. Like they're picking up after each other and themselves. And so, 
you know, when you, when you have this type of community come in, I would like to see if it becomes like more clean. You know what I mean? I think the people who are normally complaining about the van life are living in front of their house or something like that in like San Diego per se are just very wealthy people that don't want their view blocked. Yeah. Or they want their parking spot. So this next one is from the lumberjack.org. Um, which is based out of Humboldt County, California. Mm-hmm. And so this article is about van lifers on campus and says van life on campus is not for the week. If you want to hear my take on this part of the article, make sure to head over to our Patreon. This is where you'll be able to hear this full podcast. You also get tons of behind the scenes and up-to-date spots on where we are and what's going on in our life. It's the only way to get the exclusive information that you want about FNA van life. Check the link below and join today. All right. Speaking of making money, this next article is from Bankrate, and it's called Paying for Van Life. So this article is, I thought it was kind of interesting because there's a bunch of different statistics about van life, which is kind of cool. But we can talk about our personal experience recently trying to sell our van. You know, the, the other person had to get financing to be able to pay for the van, and that was a little bit confusing. Yeah, so the first person that tried to buy our van told us that they could lock up the financial aspect of it and then quickly realized that uh, it would be hard for them to get a loan and, you know, told us about it and stuff. And we told them, well, hey, we can't hold on to this van if you're not able to figure out the financing. We have to be able to take on other people and the possibility of selling this van. Right, and so this particular person was kind of surprised and bummed out because they have a history of getting loans from the bank, and they own multiple properties, they have multiple investments, they have, you know, all these things, and so they thought it was going to be nice and easy to just go ahead and get a loan from the bank. Yeah, and a lot of the vans that are out there that that are self-built, at least, uh, that you're going to find at a better price than, say, the camper, the brand-new camper van that, say, is like Winnebago or one of these other big companies. Um, they're going to be have an astronomical price tag on them, and honestly, they're not the best built. Um, so if you do find, like, a DIY one, it's really hard to find them with an RV title. So if they don't have the RV title, then that means it's really hard to get financing for it. Right, and so this article says that a new camper van starts at just 130000 And I mean, just for a house, the average house in the United States is $357,000. Uh, so like you're talking quite a bit difference, like three times the amount of money what it would be for a tiny home on wheels compared mm-hmm. to a stationary home. And I think it's actually pretty easy like to find a van under a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So a hundred and thirty as you're starting, I don't really think that that's accurate. If you go on uh like campervansforsale.com or van viewer or any of these like van life trader websites, you'll see that there's, you know, vans ranging from like ten thousand to 200 plus thousand. Actually, speaking of that, one of the nicest vans that we've ever seen on the road is about to go up for sale, and it's going to be under $100,000. So, like, if you want to know more about that van, hit us up. We'll hook you up with the people. They're amazing people, and they really took care of their van and also have made changes to make it even better to live in. Mm Mm-hmm. So, talking about money. 
So, let's see. The number of van lifers in America has increased by 63% over the last couple of years from 1.9 million in 2020 to 3.1 million in 2022. Now, I think this number, when they say van lifers, also includes RVers and, like, all kinds of van lifers, bus lifers. Like, I think it's, like, all-inclusive. That's a lot of people. Yeah. 3.1 million people are van life in it right now? Yeah, apparently. What? According to this poll. I'm guessing that's all over the world. No, American van life. American? Wow. Yeah. Color me impressed. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely all different types because of what they say here. Yeah, so the most popular live-in vans have an average square foot of 126 square feet, which also sounds really Big. big. And so that makes me think that they're talking more about RVs. They have to be, because when you think about a space of a van, they're never over 100 square feet. I think ours was like 76. And that was the biggest layout, I feel like. In the pro master, When it comes yeah. to width, height, and like size. Well, I height like, doesn't matter for square footage. Yeah, sure. But I'm, what I'm saying, though, is I'm pretty sure that the ProMaster van has the largest living space out mm. of all the vans. Mm. Yeah, I don't know that for sure, mm. but it was under 100 mm. in that particular rig. Um, so let's see. The average cost of an older camper van is 25000 or less, which we kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, California, Colorado, Florida, Oregon, and Washington are the states with the largest populations of van lifers. Um, roughly 80% of van lifers do DIY conversions. Nice work, How many? people. 80%. 80? Whoa. Once again, color me impressed. That's amazing. <laughs> Van life is particularly popular a lot among young millennials and younger Gen Xers. Are we Gen Xers or are we millennials? I, I think, think we're, we're millennials. millennials. I think we're like the oldest millennials. Um, those between the ages of 35 and 44 accounted for 31% of Americans who would consider joining van life. Okay, okay. The highest expense for most van lifers eating away between two and five hundred of their monthly budget is gas, mm-hmm. which is definitely true. So we were young for when we started. Yeah, a couple of whippersnappers. Yeah. Now well, that's only 31%. That. Oh, okay. So gotcha. that's actually the small, maybe the that was the biggest group. I don't know. It doesn't actually say mm. the numbers for other people's. Okay. Um, so... Boats, RVs, and vans count as housing units has gone up significantly since 2020 from 133 to 146,000 units. Um, And so if you look at it, the chart, you can't see the graph, but like 2011 to 2016, the number was pretty flat, floating around 110,000. And then 2017, 18, 19, 20, 21, it's literally like a straight shot up like gaining 5,000 units a year every year and then between 20 and 21 it gained like 20,000 units that's wild yeah so I mean I think that's pretty great I mean it shows that the lifestyle is growing which the Australian journalist didn't believe yeah (laughs) um but yeah, so it's just, it's really cool that the community is growing and that it's really not going anywhere. And then it even goes on to talk about RVs and the ranges of what those RVs could cost for you and, you know, the percentage um, of what, like, how much it went up or down, the cost of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think in terms of financing, financing an RV is actually easier, especially mm-hmm. if you go to, like, an RV lot 
and you're not purchasing from like an individual, if you're purchasing direct, almost like a car salesman, you know, but like an RV salesman, they usually only require at least 10% down of the cost of the vehicle, although many prefer 20% down. But that's where you're going to get your financing. You know, being able to put 20% down and then get an RV loan for the rest of the amount, that's the benefit of going with, you know, these more established RV companies. Yeah, so basically to talk about the loans, the average monthly payment for an RV loan ranges anywhere from $225 to $650. That's between two and eight times cheaper than an average mortgage payment for a house, which is about $1,811. Wow. Yeah, that's a big difference. That is a big difference. That's significant. I mean, you literally, in two months' time, three months' time, you've already gained that same amount of money back. Totally. Yeah, so, I mean, for us, van life has definitely been an inexpensive way to live for the last three-plus years. I mean, it shows, too, for us because we had an income for both of us that was actually very lush and very nice for our jobs when we were living in New York City, and we could have did very well doing that, and then we went to not having any jobs. We had enough money saved from one year of travel, and realistically, each year, we haven't made a ton of money, but we've been able to live pretty well. Yeah. Uh, like each year, like we've never had an issue. We've never like in the sense of like, we're going to be completely broke. No. You know what I mean? So it's like, we've done pretty well in the sense of living. And I don't think we've ever made over $60,000 in a single year together. Not since we started living in the van. And we're doing pretty dang good. Yeah. 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 And the kindness of strangers and friends definitely helps too. Like, if we didn't have this place to build right now, you know, and do all these things, and I was know, actually, it would be harder. I was actually thinking about that earlier while I was in the shower. Like, I always knew of the kindness of strangers, but one thing that really surprised me a lot about fan life was the kindness of strangers aspect. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you understand it slightly, but when you get on the road, you're not expecting that. You're just, like, on the road trying to live your life, have fun, trying to figure out, like, where to sleep, all these type of things. And then everywhere you go, no matter where you are, what country you're in, there's people being nice to you and trying to help you out everywhere you go. And right now, we're in, like, the embodiment of that. Like, we have friends that we met on the road that we would never met otherwise Mm -hmm. that are literally housing us right now and allowing us to use their shop. To be able to get our home back on the road. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, like, think about that kindness. Mm-hmm. And that's not even like, that's only part of all the people that have been kind to us. I know. Like, we are so fortunate for all the people that have been kind. We're so fortunate to have such a friendly planet. Mm-hmm. Realistically, mm-hmm. you know, when, when you're living in the life and you're doing things, you wind up seeing how friendly and how beautiful people really are. Mm-hmm. Where when you're sitting at home and you're watching the news... You might feel completely opposite. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we're, it's just so fortunate, uh, the life that we all get to live and the fact that we get to live it together. We need to be, like, grateful for that. Yeah, I'm definitely super grateful for that. And I feel like there's been more times than I can count that we've been blessed with, like, the kindness of strangers or friends coming in to, for a clutch moment or, oh, yeah. you know, or how we could do that for other people. Like, bring them the tool they need. Bring them their brake pads. Bring Mm. them, you know, like, go out of our way to make sure that somebody else is doing good. Or even something as simple as, like, 
they had a rough day, we're going to make them dinner. You know what I mean? Which I feel like when you live in an apartment, I don't know, that never happened to me a single time. Never. (laughs) And like, even like the small things that like a friend needs help because something happened in their lives and they never ask for anything. They're super hard workers and then something pops up and they need help. And then you just out of the kindness of your heart want to help. So you send them a couple bucks to help them out, mm-hmm. you know, or you send them uh, uh, order of food or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you, we now have that ability to do that because of the kindness from other people. We've found it in ourselves even more. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Um, so this next article is slightly less beautiful. Um, <laughs> And again, I feel like people just love to like dig on van lifers because the the thing that happened to these people could have literally happened to anybody. Yeah, and realistically, the, they're making fun of these people where they should be making fun of the corporation that did it to them. So, this is from the dailymail.co.uk. Thrifty van life couple trying to save a buck during cost of living crisis by eating chicken discounted to 52 cents reveal the horror reality of living cheap. First off, why didn't the company get sued for discounting to 52 cents? <laughs> 52 cents and causing somebody to get sick. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I also do want to say that at the same time, I feel like like I don't want food to get thrown out, but also this food went bad. Obviously. Okay, so there's a couple things even just in the title. During the cost of living crisis, everybody's having a hard time. Yep. If it's a cost of living crisis, this is not only impacting this van life couple. It's, it's impacting literally everybody impacting in the world. everybody. And you think that this van life couple bought every single packet of 52-cent chicken that was on sale at the grocery store? Well, I hope not. No, I'll bet a bunch of people who live in regular houses also bought 52-cent chicken. They got food poisoning also. Right? (laughs) Well, so here's the other interesting part, is you only have such a big fridge in the van, so I bet you they couldn't have bought it, all of it, even if they wanted to. Right, (laughs) like I'm sure they kind of like made it that same day. So the thing got... Marked down 52 cents along with two bags of wings, each marked down to 42 cents. So he bought minced chicken, 52 cents, and two bags of wings, 42 cents apiece. Uh, All that Kohl's? It, it must be a grocery store in on the other side of the planet. Oh, okay. Because I was like, Kohl's, that sounds like a clothing store. <laughs> it is a clothing store. I wouldn't here. buy chicken from but a clothing store. But here it's with a K and there it's with a C. <laughs> so he, I guess, posted something on social media about how excited he was about this super discount chicken. Um, while eating undercooked chicken, it can expose humans to salmonella and other dangerous bacteria. Poultry past the due date, even if cooked well, can still cause illness. This is because toxins excreted by the bacteria build up long enough to contaminate it in dangerous amounts even after the bacteria are neutralized by cooking. Oof. So why is this grocery store selling tainted meat? 
You know, that's a really good question, Alex. <laughs> Cole's Markdown meat always, always looks sketchy, as if plastic packaging uh, is inflated. Oh, Don't no. buy it. Oh, okay. Also, if the plastic packaging... Gotcha. Cole's Markdown meat always looks sketchy. Also, if the plastic packaging is inflated, do not buy it, one person said. Yeah, I guess that's because as it, more bacteria is bubbling pressure inside is of the thing, it's making pressure and, like, expanding more it. More molecules mean more pressure. Yeah. So, the one thing that they don't really cover is the fact that, like, they literally don't mention van life another single time in this article, right? It's about the chicken and whatever and the stupid van life couple for buying stupid cheap chicken. What I'm thinking about is how crummy it is to live in a van when you're sick. Oh, yeah. And especially if both of you are sick. Like, if one of you is sick, the other one could maybe take care. You're not fighting over the one toilet. Mm -hmm. You're not fighting over the one sink. Well, and that could happen in a one-bedroom apartment with one toilet as well. So you could happen, but at least you have the option to then, like, lay in the shower and let it out if you have to. <laughs> I know that doesn't sound great, but, hey, at least that option is there. Right. And, like, sometimes in a van you don't have hot water for showers or it's, like, harder to make the hot water. And, like, you know, are you going to stay in the van while you're sick? Or are you going to get a hotel room? Are you going to get an RV park campground? Yeah. Are you going to drive somewhere and you're feeling like shit and you got to drive? It literally doesn't talk about any of these things. It's just like, haha, stupid van lifers bought discount meat because they're trying to be thrifty. Yeah. Losers. <laughs> yeah, don't really get thrifty with food if you don't have to. Well, I mean, there's certain things that are like super thrifty to get. Like our friend Jonathan, um, he goes dumpster diving behind grocery stores and pulls out like bags of cuties that look perfectly... Perfect. Well, if they look perfectly perfect, that should be good. But obviously, that meat was tainted, and there's probably a re like you could. They probably had inflated packaging. Well, there's certain things that like a box of crackers, a couple weeks past its due date is much different. I'm than okay with that. Yeah. Dairy meat. Yeah. No. I'm good. <laughs> Remember the maple syrup we had in the van? Oh, that was just gross. We had maple syrup that molded in our van. I don't know how that happens, but I guess you're supposed to keep it refrigerated when you're in warm climates. But we had a giant thing of maple syrup that we bought at the Duty Free, and it was too big for the fridge. So we were just keeping it in the cupboards, and the cupboards were good and probably up to like 100 degrees someday. I remember pouring it on my pancakes and being really upset. <laughs> just I remember seeing the mold fall out. Oh, man, that was not fun. But you didn't eat it, and you didn't, didn't get sick. No, because I know better not to eat molded. Mm. That made me want pancakes, Pan though. Yeah, well, I guess that's good. It's been a while since we had pancakes. Didn't taint you, I guess. It did not taint me at all, and this next article actually has me a little bit hopeful, although it is a bit dystopic future. Um, let's talk about it. Bloomberg.com. It's a cool photo. Yes. Home sweet home. Meet the Americans who live in their vans, buses, and cars in the pursuit of a simpler life using less energy. I love this article because this is something I've talked about previously on the podcast. And I remember we were like looking up energy versus blah, blah, blah and all that. And um, this gives me a lot of hope and um, what my thoughts were. You know, just thinking about cooling and heating a huge space and thinking about, you know, the fact that we 
probably we take much longer showers than we need to and we have unlimited water and, and hot water. Um, we take advantage of all the different things. Uh, we don't think about our energy consumption when we're in a home where we do think about it when we're in a van just because you have only so much power. Um, yeah, even though you can make it to where you can live fully off-grid all the time, you still have to go and get water. Like, power, you could kind of get away with mm -hmm. using whenever you whenever you want it uh, because you'll have, like, a robust system and you have the ability to do that. Um, but, and you have the solar system, so yeah. you could literally recharge your battery. Well, and then you drive, too, as well, and that's going to charge your battery bank. So, realistically, you have those two things you pretty much never have to plug in. If you want to hear the full breakdown of this article and all of the news articles from today's episode, be sure to come and check out the Patreon. It's a super easy way to support the podcast, to support FNA Van Life, to keep us on the road and creating great content like this for you. The link is in the description below, and we can't wait to see you over there. Yeah, so this article actually interviews Bob Wells, which is one of the grandfathers of the movement. And so his vision of future climate change will drastically alter our daily lives and these vehicles will be valuable enough to go to war over. Everyone in South Florida and the desert in the Southwest were going to have to move, and where are we going to put them? He asks as he settles into his camp chair at a fire pit with sun-bleached logs at its center. Basically, what he's talking about is when sea levels rise. Right. You know, when sea levels rise, Florida is basically going to be gone, and anything at sea level on the coast is going to be gone, whether you're on this, the east side or the west side. Yeah. By the end of the century, he says, climate migration in the U.S. will be on par with the Great Migration, in which roughly 6 million black Americans moved from the rural south to the north and midwest at the beginning of the last century. Mm -hmm. So it basically, it's like the southern United States will basically become inhabitable, and a lot of these people are going to have to move, and how are they going to move? And what are they going to move in and how are they going to do it? And so basically this whole article is about how van lifers are pioneering this new movement. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're basically ahead of the curve in terms of sustainability. Mm -hmm. And also just being ready for what's to come in the future if, if this stuff does happen with the, the level, sea levels rising and whatnot. Mm, I mean, it really, it really is a, a smart tactic to at least try it and understand it just a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. get yourself understanding that you can live this lifestyle. Yeah. And so this is cool. I mean, this is obviously a really big community article. Mm -hmm. It says every nomad shares their intense resources. We um, do. We do a lot of potlucks when we're out with people. We all share if we have leftover water and somebody needs it. We are always offering, you know. There are ways that you can be able to filter water on the road now, too, as well. So you don't have to even go back to town as long as you can find a river to fill up your, your tanks from. Mm -hmm. You could have nice, fresh water. Yeah, it's really beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we were drinking fresh water in Central America just by filling up our Berkey. Mm -hmm. So hopefully next year we can get ourselves to Schoolypalooza and meet all these beautiful people. Yeah, heck yeah, it'd be amazing. A lot of these articles are really cool. I'm really excited to dig into them. I love that last article, obviously. The last mm -hmm. article just being all about the fact that we're like pioneering this new lifestyle that has actually been a very ancient lifestyle, if you ask me. Mm -hmm. But it's funny, too, because it goes from the first article that's like, oh, this trend is dying out. Like, why would anybody ever want to do this? To the last one being like, this is the only way we're going to make it to the future. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't think it's the only way, but I think that there is actually, when you think about it, like if we have to go to space eventually, this is basically like van life. You know what I mean? <laughs> Other than the fact that you'll be in space in a spaceship, but you have to adapt. You know, like you're not going to have your normal household that you used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. You're going to have your own little pods. Their little pods. Yeah, 70 square feet. Make it work. <laughs> can you do it? We can. Yeah. So if you guys enjoyed these articles, be sure to leave this podcast a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. We greatly appreciate it. It helps the podcast grow and reach new van lifers every day. And we love you guys, and we're so grateful for you listening. So just huge shout-out to you, and a, give yourself a tap on the back because we love you. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get access to the entire podcast ad-free, be sure to head on over to our Patreon and subscribe today. Have an FNA day. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel, FNA Van Life. All right. All that.